Alright fellas, and it looks like we're good and ready to go. What's going on everyone? And I hope you're all doing fantastic this Valentine's Day. Welcome to the TXR Podcast. You're tuned into episode number 170. The best spot on Sundays for Xbox talk and so much more from around the game industry. I'm your host Invader, and after taking last Sunday off, we're ready to get back into the thick of things. Tonight, we plan to talk a lot about Google shutting down its internal developers. As well, we'll be touching on more rumors going about about uh, Studio Techland, 343 giving some updates about some Halo games, and so much more. However, before we uh, do our deep dives, let me introduce everyone on tonight's panel. And joining us tonight is a common face you'll see in the community podcast scenes, the chats. Our friend from down under, please welcome D Black Raven. Hey, buddy, uh, how you doing down there, man? Ah, oh, thank you so much for the invite, Invader. Uh, we've been talking about this behind the scenes, and today's the day finally to be on the show. Uh, I'm a little disappointed that Tim Dog and Megatron is not here, but that's okay. The show must go on. But other than less than that, let, let's let's go. There's a lot to talk about. So thank you again. Let's go. Well said, buddy. Well said. And I can't wait to uh, get your opinion on some things. Uh, moving on to the TXR regulars. Centurion Bud, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Thank you, everybody, for checking us out tonight. It is Sunday night. We have some great topics. And it is really good to finally put a voice to the logo, Mr. Raven. I am actually very happy to finally meet you. I see you all the time on Twitter. And when I heard you were coming on the show tonight, I was like, this is going to be fun. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, we'll keep our eyes on uh, Tim and whatnot. Uh, we might have some guys coming in later. Uh, moving on further down the list, uh, Eric Shockley, buddy. Uh, hey, you and uh, did you catch the game last weekend? Shockley? My bad. <laughs> I had to reload the... My bad, I reloaded the the Skype and I forgot to click on mute again. Auto-mute auto you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that game yeah, game was kind of boring. But uh, I was hoping it would be like a highest scoring game, kind of like the, uh, the one... Well, I guess last year's wasn't either. But at least, you know, somewhat competitive. But yeah, that, uh, that defense, you know, shut... Or it was like every time they snapped the ball uh what's his name uh, Mahomes is running for his mm -hmm. life it was like can you can you guys not like block for two seconds but then you found out you know they had and Sue and JPP I didn't even know they had both of them on the defensive line who are still pretty good even though they're a little bit older now so but yeah mm -hmm. um but yeah just I did try out that uh Mountain Dew watermelon or what Mountain Dew watermelon Mountain Dew uh that was in that Super Bowl uh Super Bowl commercial that thing hits. It's like a it's like a carbonated uh, watermelon Jolly Rancher. It's it's pretty fire. So definitely uh, check that out if you you know if you're a fan of watermelon flavored shit. <laughs> right, right. Oh yeah, you know what? I did see it's you uh, post about that, and I, hey, I'm a fan of Mountain Dew. So uh, you see, that's the thing. You guys in the states, you get a lot of uh, like specialty items to try out that I generally oh, yeah. uh, don't get a wouldn't get a chance unless I cross the border, which I can't exactly do right now. So, uh, but I may, I may need to get you some uh, to mail me some of that stuff. <laughs> oh man, that looked pretty good. The watermelon Mountain Dew. 
Um, all right, guys, just a heads up to everyone listening in. We're now available on Amazon Music, so do a search for TXR Podcast. Or, hey, you know what? Ask Alexa to play our latest episode. We're always trying to give more options to our followers. So, you know what, guys? Definitely check us out. We are branching out onto all different kinds of services. And, yeah, just, again, giving you guys more options to uh, try out. You know what, fellas, we will move straight into our first topic of the night, guys. And we knew that we weren't going to see any big shows or gatherings happening anytime soon. So various publishers and developers are going to have to obviously plan accordingly and get creative. Now, according to an article from The Verge, Microsoft is planning to dedicate time and focus to particular categories and segments of their uh, various divisions. And obviously, events for gaming, Windows, and so on are going to be uh, top on those lists. Guys, obviously, Microsoft has big plans for Xbox, Game Pass, and xCloud. How do you guys think Xbox will position their announcements? Will we see something similar to last year, you know, having a third-party event, first-party, and so on? Or will we see maybe a massive stream of some sort? Uh, tell you what, uh, D. Black Raven, if you want to chime in first, go right ahead, bud, with your thoughts. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll chime in for this one. Yeah, uh, Xbox has been very silent for the last couple of months, even so we have not even so, we got a lot of Game Pass announcements. Like recently, we got Final Fantasy XII being added, and a, a much more added to the to the stream. Um, anyways, when we will see uh, an Xbox event, I do believe so. As soon as the Bethesda deal is over, which is very shortly, in somewhere in March, I think that's the time we will see the, the huge plethora of games to be announced. Uh, maybe sometime in March or sometime in April. But how they're going to do this? I think they should do like a Nintendo Direct or PS, uh, PS Play Now. That's that's sort of like... It's, it's, I think it's going to be very interesting. This is the way how they're going to incorporate. But the best way to do it, I think they should do a Nintendo Direct or do like a separate show like... Here's a show for Xbox Game Studios and the other ones for Bethesda uh, and Zenimax to show off like Wolfenstein 3, the Starfield, and even so, like, yeah. It's been really quiet, but we're getting to that stage. We're, we're going to see some big announcements along the way till the, till this, till the end of the year. But I'm excited what's, what's cooking up. I'm excited where this is going to go, and I have heard that Xbox is going to go in pretty aggressive from like the stuff I've been hearing. So other than that, it's mm-hmm. it's going to be exciting. Yeah. And usually around this time of year, we see, uh, you know, the different uh, tech shows uh, and whatnot uh, start coming out. Again, obviously, because of the whole worldwide situation, things need to be drastically adjusted. Uh, there's an event called the AI and Gaming Research Summit that's going on from February 23rd to the 24th. I know that Microsoft has some stuff going on there. Uh, do you expect to hear like any announcements, or is it just going to be more of like a low-profile kind of a thing? I think it's going to be a low-profile sort of thing. I, I honestly think they want to do like 
a, some sort of sneak attack and do like a shadow drop as like, okay, here's an announcement for like Xbox game showcase sort of thing. But I, I, we have to wait and see. It. And I think, like I said before, by the time the Bethesda deals is over, they're going to come out a lot swinging. I think that's when things start to ramp up. But time will only tell. And yeah, I've, it's it's time for to see some show to show some games. I think it's time to see what's happening for the next generation of consoles and the streaming, the X Cloud, even Game Pass as well. So anything's possible. This just need to come out swinging. That's what I have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, usually around this time, gaming's a little quiet, and we start to hear some things maybe towards the end of February, early March. We start to hear something about the, the different trade shows or events. Uh, I know last year was pretty crazy. Dif- different uh, developers and publishers really had to scramble with uh, regards to E3, and, you know, uh, obviously that was canceled. It doesn't look like E3 is going to come back from this. I mean, I want to be more optimistic, but at the same time, uh, it seems like E3 is uh, all but dead at this point. When's uh, that uh, Zenimax deal supposed to be finished? Uh, my understanding was within the next couple of days. Uh, I know that the, okay. the European, uh, what was it? Uh, one of the European boards there is uh, like basically going through the approval for that. Uh, Didn't I say March? Yeah, or sorry, uh, March. Yeah, I, well, it, it's soon, yeah. anyways. Yeah, sorry. You know, I, I I keep thinking it's not February. I keep thinking it's actually like a, a lot later than what it actually is. But I'm yeah. guessing we'll get something, some type of news, probably of like either an event after like they've officially acquired Cinemax. Um, I would assume they would be then able because right now they can't talk. So like whenever someone asks some question of like, okay, is this game going to be exclusive or? They can't really even legally, I guess, say really definitively anything. Um, so I'm guessing at that point, since they will be able to, uh, you know, once negotiations are com- all the paperwork's finalized, I'm sure they're going to announce something or at least maybe, hey, all these Bethesda games are coming to Game Pass that aren't in it right now. Like, I'm sure there's going to be some news to, to 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 start us, you know, rolling. So probably first off, all the games going to, you know, Game Pass that are all Bethesda owned. Um, and then probably there's going to be some type of uh, event because if not, if you think about it, if there's not going to be an E3 planning, because I don't know of any word like you were saying about that, that's where usually Bethesda does their big show and like, hey, our new Fallout or, you know, this year probably, you know, Star, uh, was it Star, Starfield? Starfield. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say Star Citizen for a second. Uh, but yeah, never coming out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But Starfield. This would be like probably the beginning in the next couple months where they announce it at E3 normally. So now, you know, Bethesda's events are going to be, you know, now that's Xbox or that's Microsoft's event. So, so I'm sure those are coming at some point. They have to announce that, hey, here's our You didn't hear about lineup. E3? I'm, I'm like lost at this point. Forgive me. Well, no, you like uh, Vader mentioned it, but I don't know if like that's going on. You know how everything got like. No, that's why camped. that was just that was like a general that was like a general question for everybody because uh, yeah. on February eighth, The Verge came out and uh, uh, the e- e- ESA, the com- you know the Entertainment Software Association that that basically owns E3, um, uh, came out and said that the event will be held from June 15th to do- June 17th, and quote-unquote, we can confirm that we are transforming the E3 experience 
Um, they're pr- they're pro- it's probably more than likely going digital this year. Um, and that's where um, I'm getting. I'm hoping like with Bethesda with Microsoft now. The companies now, like Microsoft, PlayStation's been pretty much doing their own shows. Nintendo's been doing their own shows. um, EA was doing their own shows for a little while. Um, I think Microsoft now has, with all the studios, the chance to be able to do their own uh, their own stage events. And I really feel that at least E3 should go back to its roots and help kind of give a platform for the smaller developers. Um, the smaller game publishers to finally get a leg up and get their product out there so they're no longer being drowned out by the bigger guys that just have deeper pockets and can afford more stage time. Um, I With Microsoft, I mean, dude, they're going to be all over the place this year. Um, I even liked a... Like one of the th- like one of the points that you pointed out was Invader was the whole idea of you know where are they going to go with uh, the direction with some of the other stuff that they have on like with uh, AI. Um, there's a lot of unexplored potential still on the Series X side and the Series S side with some of this RDNA two plus stuff. And um, I feel that um, there's going to be a lot of advancements in gaming and in streaming and in in technology in general this year. And I'm really looking forward to what Microsoft is going to be unveiling because they're they've kind of got their hands everywhere. Um, they're trying a whole bunch of new things, um, and it's it's all benefiting us in the end. And so I know sometimes watching some of these events is what is like watching paint dry. But in the end, it all benefits us because, you know, where they make an advancement in one area, um, you know, like uh, let's like look at take an example. Um, We talked about it the other day, Invader on TXR. um, What's going on over at um, I believe it was Ninja Theory, uh, Project Mara. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like look at the like they are using technology, which is most of the time was used focused its use was focused at mapping the earth and now they're kind of condensing it down into the idea of mapping a single room. Um, so definitely it's, that's what's the stuff Microsoft is known for is to kind of think outside the box and try to and put technology from one area into another area and see if by some chance it could, you know, help further the technology along in that area. And there's going to be some really nice stuff coming out, at least on the gaming side here in the future, especially when we start exploring the full potential of these new consoles and the idea of the, um, um, what is it, like where they, the, the AI resolution, where it's able to fill in the blank spots and create a much better picture that's almost better than 4K. Right. I'll, I'll, I'm going to pick you back on that too, Sajurian. Uh, you brought up a good point that until <clears throat> until now and all the way until 22, 22, 23, they're going to have so much things to announce that we don't know that what's what's to come. So we only know like Hellblades 2 is happening. We know that Project Mars is coming. We've still got Psychonauts. I believe that's coming out next, this year. Even Starfield, of which I, I'm assuming we'll agree that's coming out this year as well. I, I think so. So... But the the, the, the the chances is is, is high for, for Microsoft. They can just announce anything what they want to to, uh, to announce, and we'll get to the topic later later on the show. And it's, it's, it's there's a possibilities, so many possibilities. So yeah, if you look yeah. at it now, they have so 
so many things that they'll have content and to be announcing things like all year long from right like probably forever now because they just have so many studios here's what this one's working on like this smaller team like you already have like project mara and you know hellblade just from that one smaller studio where you have the whole thing of bethesda like that's it's gonna be nuts like oh here's a new dlc for this new doom like you're gonna have new content and they've kind of reached that where they people were kind of laughing before of like, how are they going to keep up with these? Like, what was their quote? Like every every few months they were going to have like a, I don't know, like a triple A title or there, or at least, mm-hmm. yeah, they'll supplement maybe some third parties in there. OK, we have this one dropping. But then they, they have so many studios and they're looking to probably acquire a few more. Maybe the we'll get into one a little bit later in a rumor. But uh, mm-hmm. I think that's their plan. They're shooting for it. And if they keep the acquiring a few more like they're going to be nailing it there's going to be constant content kind of like when you're going to watch you know netflix or you know disney plus oh here's the new <clears throat> mando or who, like excuse me sir. there's all this new content to keep you kind of in their ecosystem and it's a it's a it's hilarious i was seeing people talk about comparing it to like spotify it's like well spotify is like not i guess profitable i don't know their numbers and they have like 300 million subs so game pass would need to be this verbatim basically this tweet and i can show you he was literally saying game pass would have to get to like 300 million subs and they probably won't even be profitable too so like you you forget that they have dlc they have microtransactions they have xbox live they keep you locked into their ecosystem meaning if you're on game pass and you're loading that up every night guess what if you're gonna buy a multi-plat game well, shoot, if I'm always turning on Game Pass every night, I might as well buy Madden on here and not on my PS5, you know, if I have both consoles. So, so you know, that's just more money into their pocket. So that's that's going to help them make more money and recoup costs. So Dude, don't forget and, it. Don't, don't, uh, you go, Citroen. You go. I'm just wanting to say something real quick because I see some of the stuff that's being said. And let's just put it out there. We saw recently Microsoft is willing to hornswoggle their own player base into Game Pass with the attempted price raise of Xbox Live. This is their established fan base, people that are already paying into the ecosystem. Do you really think they're not going to hornswoggle you in with the Bethesda deal, eventually, slowly but surely, taking all that content away from other platforms, hornswoggling you into the platform they want you in? Come on, they tried to do it to their own player base. Don't fool yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, there's a lot of things that I could see them doing to, um, to, for example, I'll be curious to see. The, technically, they already have different tiers for Game Pass right now with uh, the regular Game Pass and Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. I could totally see them do something where it was like, oh, um like you want all the dlc too for these games well uh, that'll be included in this other tier of a game pass and so on i can just see them experimenting with uh yeah they already do that now with the because if the hive busters dlc um mm-hmm. it, you had you had to have um ultimate correct to yes. to get that okay yeah. so they already got that down because it's like well you also get xbox live so it kind of incentivizes you you even more. You get the Xbox Live plus you get all the DLC when they release it, which is cool. So. And not all DLC is included. You know what I discovered today, Shockley? I was playing around. Which one? The, um, um, or which oh one's not included? Outer World. Well, yeah, but that was kind of announced before, so I'm thinking that's why because well, it was that, still but, under a different publisher. Right, but that's where I. But but I would say I was 
I myself was fooled. And today when I was surfing around, I noticed the DLC popped up and it had a price tag on it. Yeah, because that, that was the thing in their show. People were at well, said in their show in the summer is said that one uh, is not included in Game Pass when they did that uh, announcement trailer for the DLC. It said it was not included. Yeah, because they're still under the. It was in small print, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were under with private division. They were lucky that they even got that thing in Game Pass day one. I oh, was surprised. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean that was yep. pretty crazy too. They were. Um, they must have really. Um, swung some deals there for sure um no that was cool that was really cool what uh what they did there uh, obviously you know they were they're so gung-ho for game pass right now they see the numbers pouring in so i'm not surprised that they're and uh, that's actually a perfect example right there of even if a game technically from bethesda goes multi-plat even if it does there's still going to be massive perks involved for people in the microsoft ecosystem that are slow like who doesn't want to save money so that's where um, I'm invested in the Microsoft ecosystem because for me, it's just more economic to game over here. And that, that this is a perfect example on how the Outer Worlds is a technically a multi-plat game, but in theory, I've technically never bought it. The mm. only way I think I see, like, say the next Starfield, or and I said it here in the chat, is going to PS5 as if Game Pass is on that platform. I don't think there's any way they're going to be like, mm. hey, pay, play Starfield you know, best, like they were kind of mentioning, on Game Pass. And to, to release it on a platform where Game Pass is even an option seems completely backwards to what they're trying to do. Their whole focus is, hey, we're buying these studios to you know build up Game Pass and their subs. That's all they're really caring and like worried about right now. So to release that on a giant huge popular uh you know platform as playstation and then not to even have that game pass as an option to build that up that would be back completely backwards to what they're doing in my opinion but no and that's where everybody always wants to base the situation on oh microsoft of the past microsoft of the past the past the past the past you're telling me that one of these executives like Ndala, Phil Spencer, just couldn't wake up one day with a change of heart and be like, you know what? I'm tired of it. Let's do it. Just saying. It's just that simple. It is that simple for an executive, a company to have a change of heart, a change of direction and say, you know what? We're going to kind of do things a little differently and I think we're going to be a little bit more aggressive. Mm -hmm, totally. Now, did you guys see the articles pop up since we've been talking about uh, Zenimax and Bethesda and all that? Uh, did you guys see, uh, because of all this going on, uh, you know, the purchase being cleared through uh, Europe and all that, there's been different paperwork filed. And there's been stuff about a new subsidiary um, kind of like how it's kind of weird, like Microsoft is not exactly absorbing Zenimax Media. They're going to be like, I don't know if there's like a renaming going on, something called like the Vault subsidiary. Does anybody uh, yeah. know anything Hope, about that? Hope did a really good uh, video on it that I, I need to check yeah, out and watch. But, oh, did you check it out? Video. Oh, yeah, fantastic go ahead. Because I didn't watch it yet, so if you, you can fill it in. Yeah, so if, what this what they're talking about is that the, the quotation of the Vault is that I, the way he, uh, just the way he explained was phenomenal. I would seriously highly suggest to watch that, guys. Highly recommend to, search, to watch it. So, anyways, the I think 
but the vault has got to do with the game by case by cases. That's what I think. I think it's got to do is like, okay, here's the vault. That is going to be first uh, first party. Other one's going to be a third party sort of thing. It's it's hard to, to it's hard to explain the way, but the way they did it is just phenomenal. All right, all right. Looks like something I have to check out. It's just kind of interesting that uh, I know that some uh, like different podcasts and different outlets, news outlets, were uh, running with uh, a renaming of uh, Zenimax. I'm not entirely a hundred percent sure uh, what's going on here, but just well, something that's been brought up. I wouldn't. In the, in the file I wouldn't paperwork. be surprised. A subsidiary, like at least to me, was subsidiary. They're subsidizing. Uh, we're talking about now at one time when we in, when they probably created uh, we'll just use Fallout because it's being used as the vault. Um, I feel like the Fallout franchise is probably gotten so big that I wouldn't be surprised if now you have a studio that's basically becoming dedicated to that franchise's existence. Uh, we've seen this with uh, NetherRealm and Mortal Kombat. Uh, is that NetherRealm Studios? Am I getting that right? Uh, yeah, Mortal Kombat's another role. Yeah, um, also um, another one would be like 343 uh, with Halo, the Coalition, uh, with uh, Gears of War. Um, so it, at least what I kind of leaked some of the impressions on some of the stuff I read, um, at least I feel like they're, they just feel like that the Fallout franchise is such a large franchise now that it probably deserves its own full-time, I guess, uh, team kind of maintaining uh, this franchise. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Well, I mean, I think my, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I. And I, well, I think my my audio or whatever cut out when he was explaining what Hogue went over. Um, but I don't think it's going to be like. I think that was just kind of like a shell of where they're just. It just makes it easier to make the acquisition and paperwork go go smoother uh, for them to just kind of go under. You know, something that they establish. I don't think it's going to be like gears in the coalition. Um, you know, especially how the last Fallout did, they probably have some like rebuilding to like get back some people that were burned going to Fallout seventy six. So, and I don't think the next Fallout's coming out anytime soon. Well, that's where if you look at Fallout seventy six though, and the only reason why I look at it from a different perspective is because I've been in the ESO environment for so long that we're talking about I feel like a game that was built in the same concept because it, it came out of the same studio. Yeah, for pretty much um, uh, it's pretty I feel like now with what they're trying to do with Fallout 76 is they're trying to uh, at least that game. You just can't shut it down. It does have its own player base. I mean, there's fans out there that have Facebook pages that are getting banned because they completely, you know, they role play in this game so heavily that they enjoy Fallout 76. So you just can't flip the switch on that. And I do know that games like that, it does require a full-time team to kind of maintain a game. Like if you see what ESO has been doing every single year, those those guys like live and breathe just one game and they've been doing it for a long time. So I'm hoping that this means that they've probably maybe got some big plans for Fallout 76 just to keep fans entertained until they can get the next Fallout single player game going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Fuzzy Belvedere here in the chat. Vault will be uh, replaced by the individu individual studio names. All right. Well, uh, okay, you're right. All right. I see. Well, that's interesting. Uh, I mean, we'll obviously learn more as this uh, 
as we get towards the end of this process, it will be coming to an end sometime in March from the, the looks of things. And Oh, dude, we knew as soon as the, the, the stories came out that the EU was looking into the acquisition. Every, we, I knew that everybody was going to be rolling with this just because they're like, oh, look, it might not happen. It might not happen. And the Microsoft has the money for some really good lawyers that probably looked into every single law across the world that could go into this acquisition. We're just seeing the process of this acquisition take place. This is nothing more than paperwork. Or I saw people saying it. It's this is going to be outside of Xbox division, so it's not going to be under like Phil. So it's going to be under somebody else. I'm like, no, that's that's not what's going to happen. No, no, this will totally be under. There's no reason. Uh, well, like, why do you think they're buying it, this for? Come on, like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, for it to just be separate from the Xbox division entirely. But I think I saw that thread on uh, Twitter. I think uh, crap started it where he was like comparing like Don and Phil. It's like, oh, don't get me started. It's like, but wait, <sighs> and I, I I gave him a great question. Why weren't these 23 studios here in 2013? <laughs> like, why weren't they already here? Like, we under, and this includes Peter Moore. Like, we went 10 years between Peter Moore and Don Matrick where there was zero first party investment. Zero. That's why they're catching up so hard right now. Mm. That's why it's like, where's like craps like every day? He'll say, like, it's 525 days since the last AAA. Like, he, he does a new counter every day um, well... since the last AAA game dropped. I'm like, yeah, because it takes years to catch up when you neglect for that long. That's because what you had gears, but then you didn't have any others to kind of fill in. So the coalition to make another AAA game again, it takes some time, and you didn't already have these other studios to like. Hey, do you have something ready? No, because you just bought them. <laughs> well, again, you look at the uh, the the structure of uh, you know between uh, 2016, 17, 18. Uh, when Phil was promoted and they brought in Matt Booty, like things were changing then and there. And then, then Phil was able to make these kinds of uh, moves and get a, you know, get a seat with uh, Satya Nadella and just be able, yeah, to, you know, basically clue him in and be like, hey, we need this, we need to do this, need to do that, and like just sell him on the, the premise of Xbox Game Pass and so on. Here's another great question that solves it. It's like, Okay, if someone gave you the keys to Xbox Division, would you want to take over now, having all these 23 studios under your belt to control? Or would you want to take over back in 2013 when they had less than a handful? Yeah, mm -hmm. I think you'd probably say the the you know former. Yeah. Phil has to sit down with Satya to convince him. It's like, look, I can do this. We can, we can make Xbox profitable. And now look where we are now. Like, we're down... We're, we're, do like, Four to five studios, and now we're into 23 studios. It's, it's insane. Dude, imagine having to walk in <clears throat> to Nadal and Satya and say, hey, I can make us money, but I want to give our games away for free. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine just the look you would give me? Like, how does that make us money? <laughs> yeah. Well, again, guys, either way, I think that uh, just to close off this topic and move on to something else, I think that uh, Xbox, Microsoft, they're in a very good position for whatever shows they have in mind. They've been eh, they've been kind of quiet the past, uh, like basically since the new year. So I would imagine that within the next few weeks, we'll be hearing about what, what their plans are and, you know, whenever this 
uh, Bethesda's NMX deal like finally uh, closes and they're officially owned by Microsoft, we'll be hearing a lot more about what they're doing show-wise. I would imagine that we'd hear something about you know a third-party show again and a huge uh, Xbox first-party show as well. Maybe they'll spread it out over a couple of days, a couple of months, who knows. But again, I'm really excited to hear what uh, some of their studios are doing, especially like even the smaller ones like Compulsion. But we'll, again, guys, we'll see what uh, what happens there. Just there's a lot of good stuff coming. Anyway, Compulsion game. Sorry, sorry. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Cheers, mate. Yeah, I think Compulsion Games is the dark horse studio that people should maybe pay attention. They mm-hmm. should really pay attention about these guys from the stuff i'm hearing they're, they're cooking up some really good stuff so maybe we'll see something about those guys this year but we'll see we'll see yeah no i i i totally agree with you and i i i do know that they they do have something cooking up uh that they're really interested in at the moment but i again i'm excited i'm excited to see what they have going on there i, I was like one of the few that it, it, despite its flaws i enjoyed we happy few um i did too yeah all right, guys, moving on. And Halo, of course, is a huge franchise, uh, one of the biggest out there in the industry. Uh, three, four, three industries are busy with Halo Infinite, but uh, what are the chances that Halo Wars Three is in development? Well, apparently zero. And in the latest Halo Waypoint update, three, four, three reiterated that uh, there are no plans for a sequel or updates to uh, Halo Wars Two at this time. So, I mean, that's kind of a bummer i mean i i mean i I know i personally really enjoy the halo wars games uh centurion i'll start with you here on this one uh what do you think of uh halo wars uh just kind of being held on hold at the moment well i kind of curious um they're probably more than likely holding it on hold because there's a tie-in somehow with halo wars to halo infinite we all know that because we've already seen a glimpse of somebody from the banished um i believe that's what they're called am i right or am i wrong yeah the banished well again the banished are the uh the main bad guys in halo infinite now Exactly. So that means if you want to at least look at it from my crazy point of view, let's say right now they're wanting to at least you like, how do we know that they are not going to run into the pillar of the pillar? Is it the pillar of autumn? Uh, Uh, Yes. No. Are you talking about the ship from Halo Wars? The ship from Halo Wars. Uh, That's the spirit of fire. Spirit of Fire. I'm sorry. I get them mixed up. I get them mixed up. I don't really live and breathe Halo lore. So, <laughs> uh, like, so what'd you say? The what was it again? Invader. Wow. I uh, what the, the original quest? What the? I, I sorry. I don't understand the question. No, the name of the ship again. I'm the, just saying. I'm just curious on how they're going to really bring that all together because technically they were stranded in a different part of the galaxy. So now that the banished are back, are we now going to have the flood? Because if you played Halo Wars all the way through, the hut, the flood is back. Um, well, at least Halo Wars too. Forgive me. Um, so we all know that they're going to somehow tie that into Halo Infinite. Now, does that mean later on they're going to do Halo Wars 3 and kind of spin off that? I don't know. There's been a lot of talks about the direction of the Halo franchise after Infinite. Um, Just what are they going to do? Because we all see, like, 
like I'm not trying to be mean in what I'm saying, but we see what they're going through just to create Halo Infinite. And so there has been this huge demand for, I guess, like re-energizing. They want a fresh breath of air put into the Halo franchise. And so I really do see a lot of spinoffs coming in the future. And we could potentially see Halo Wars 3 pop up as one of them. But as of right now, I'm reading the article. It's to me that was like not really a big deal because how could you be creating Halo Wars three when we already know that they're using some of the lore from Halo Wars two in Halo War in Halo Infinite? Man, we're saying Halo too much. <laughs> yeah, I think the soonest it's it's definitely going to be a few years well after Halo Infinite, like maybe in between when they're like working on the next content for Halo Infinite, I could see maybe them trying to fit that in between. But yeah, they're definitely not trying to... They're definitely going to give Halo 2 some, you know, some space in between, although it's already been a few years, you know, some space in between that, and then wait for, okay, hey, Halo's, like, you know, popularity-wise is, you know, its stock is going back up, then maybe time to introduce... Because what, Halo Wars 2 came out after people were burned and didn't really like Halo 5. So it was already kind of on a downswing. <laughs> so, and I think that's why Halo 2 probably didn't do. Also, amazing. how do you, how do we also, we don't even know the fate of Atriox yet. Atriox uh, was, as far as I know, still around at the uh, end of Halo Wars 2. It's been a long yeah. time, but we don't really know the fate of Atriox. We've only seen one of his little minions in the Halo Infinite trailer. So that's where I'm like, how can we be building a sequel when we don't even know the, like, we don't even know what happened to, like, one of the main bad guys? Well, we know that he's off doing stuff at, uh, it's presumed, I believe, uh, the Ark and uh, just that end of the galaxy. And this is just a splinter group that's at... Uh, uh, what was it the Halo ring that totally whooped the UNSC's ass from the uh, the sounds of things? So, again, if that's a splinter group, then uh, you know that, that's uh, you know that tells you how lethal they are, and that's without Atriox, and uh, you know that's uh, you know that's very telling. I just for me, I just hope they. <laughs> I don't really care about the future of Halo Wars as a as a franchise. Forgive me, I'm not trying to be mean, but I really hope they don't just like let the character of Atriox go to waste because that was actually a very memorable character for me in a lot of Halo games. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was definitely terrifying. He was definitely terrifying on Halo Wars too. Right. I thought yeah, it was hands, just hands down the best villain. Oh, yeah. And like, I remember when they kept trying to push the brutes over yep. the elite, and nobody wanted to, to kind of accept the brutes because they were always just kind of like, you know, big and dumb. And then you get to Atriox, and all of a sudden you see the brutes in a total different light when you get to Atriox. There's, there's so much potential that we don't know about Halo Infinite. Like, if, are we going to see Atriox in, on, on Zeta Halo? He's going to release the flood like anything is possible i'm so hyped for halo infinite and i know like they have they've been very transparent of what's happening about the game and these guys saw the sandbox that you're allowed to grapple the hook into a banshee and grapple hook on the enemy's weapon it, it's so dynamic and i'm so excited yeah like 
Halo, the thing about Halo Wars 2, while it wasn't, like, again, the R RTSs aren't exactly what you call cell gangbusters on consoles, but, I mean, Halo, Halo Wars did respectable. Um, it's just, it, it was out in a time period where the, again, Xbox wasn't, Microsoft wasn't, uh, spending as much in the division, so they had to be creative with the marketing for it, and, I mean, it wasn't a budget game, I would say, but it was definitely a bit of a smaller title, but... They, they I, did enough to get me to buy a game that I, you know, they got did enough to get me to buy a game that was crafted in a manner or franchise or style of a game that actually had really little to no interest in me. Like mm -hmm. I had, I had no interest in RTS, and then I got to Halo Wars too. It was like, wow, this is actually pretty fun. Yeah, but I would say I, I'm a little bummed that there's gonna be no Halo Wars three. I actually, I I enjoyed the 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 spinoff, the RTS mm -hmm. spinoff, the way it was. But maybe like maybe down the line, the pipeline in a few years time, maybe they can. Oh, once they re once they put new life into the Halo franchise, and everybody's talking about their new favorite four letter word, Halo. I really do. Uh, I do see them probably kind of blowing the dust off of the Halo Wars franchise and kind of trying it again. Well, again, it's it's the the mechanics for Halo Wars are uh, renowned. I mean, it, it does very well on console. Um, it's just again, you can't compare the RTS to the mainline FPS game, right? So. Um, you know, and then you have to try and sell people on that. So, either I mean, I think it is coming, guys. Um, a Halo Wars three. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see. I mean, again, we have to find out what happens with Halo Infinite. I mean, it just they have they must have some kind of plans. It's just they're not willing to kind of speak about them at the moment because I mean, once you talk about the banished and whatnot, it's going to go hand in hand with. Uh, uh, again, Halo Wars. So they're so, so they're going to have to again eventually touch on that. Well, Microsoft, like you, Microsoft, is known for allowing their developers in being flexible in the style that they present their games. Uh, recent example: we got DLC for um, obviously Gears Five, but we also got Gears Tactics, which was technically a RTS. So. It, it Microsoft, I'm not saying it is in their total nature to allow these developers to create games totally outside of the the normal crafted nature of what we're used to. But with the hype that Halo has right now, I just see them just really concentrating on making sure Halo Infinite delivers the way it should. And then they can kind of worry about the future later. Yeah, I agree. And and, and I would say 343 is doing a, doing a fantastic job just to keep their keep the low toe and when they if they need to speak more they can speak more about what's happening but i i, I really hope they knock this one out of the park and and we'll get the the halo that we know and love back on its roots now so. my question here is do they get creative assembly to work on it again or do they form like do they either buy an rts studio or get another studio within uh, Xbox Game Studios to work on it, like uh, was it where they called World's Edge? That's working on uh, Age of Empires. Yeah, yeah. Or that could. I mean, I suppose that's possible in the grand uh, scheme uh, timeline of things. But I mean, Creative Assembly did do a very good job 
with uh, the amount of time that they had. And I, I don't, again, like they, I, I thought they did a very good job on Halo Wars too. So I wouldn't mind them working on it again. It's just, it, it's a, it's a, uh, who is so, it? It's Sega Studio. That's the thing. So can I touch? Um, can I touch on something? Because I see it in the chat about. Uh, uh, Thomas P said Halo Wars 2, uh, he read that it sold way more digital than it did physical. And there's an ironic part behind that. And that was because whoever bought it physical, I guess if you bought the season pass, you didn't get the Flood DLC. It was those who bought the Legendary Edition digitally were, got that DLC included with their version. So it basically kind of caused people to buy the game more digitally mm -hmm. because if you bought it physically, it wasn't a complete package. Right. Yeah, I remember uh, the outcry about that, about the... Uh... Uh, the awakening that the uh, the flood expansion and that was a, that was exactly, a really good, that was yeah. a really good expansion actually I really enjoyed what they brought oh, with it, that it made the game a lot more fun especially when you just saw all that those, those little little flood kind of like hordes going across the map and you're like oh now's a great time to drop down some artillery <laughs> mm -hmm. but what thomas is saying though thomas p there like that's what i was alluding to though again uh, game pass didn't exist and uh yeah they weren't too friendly with steam at the time actually it's funny you bring up uh, steam there's like there's a petition going on right now by a bunch of dedicated uh, halo wars 2 fans to get them to uh put it on steam just the thing is uh the uh, i know that the team at 343 is uh, very busy right now obviously with uh, halo infinite and even the Master Chief Collection still, they have, uh, that's what's actually taking up a lot of uh, time, too, is the uh, the updates for the Master Chief Collection. Actually, speaking of which, guys, I don't know if you've been keeping up with it, but uh, there's been all kinds of armor updates and skin updates to Halo 3 and Halo Reach. I couldn't believe it. They, they uh, recently, I don't know if they added it in just now or they plan on adding, adding it in uh really soon but in a recent update they announced uh halo 3 is getting a new map like a game that came out in 2007 is getting a new multiplayer map that's amazing oh i think i did so i think i did saw something about that <laughs> but they the amount of content they're putting out for Halo, like let's 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 remember this that they released in a, a very shit state but when it's launched and now you're seeing how much of a growth of the master chief collection is going is ridiculous so they're doing like like I said, I think three three four three are doing a really good job, uh, getting back getting back on the toes, dipping the toes, get Halo Infinite done, supporting Master Chief Collection, and doing whatever what's next for the the franchise. I think they they're doing a really good job. So mm -hmm. I'm I have a lot of faith for the team. I think they're very talented, and uh, like what what's the trend said about the Halo Wars. I honestly, they should bring Halo Wars to, to Steam. So I want to see like there's some sort of resurgence. Like, okay, so here's the numbers. The numbers is, is calculated. Maybe we could, maybe we would continue with the with the, the RTS genre. What did you guys think about that? Yeah, sure. Why not? I I'd be down. Um... Well, think about what I missed the question. Forgive me. Oh, put in uh, Halo Wars on Halo Wars Two onto Steam, and do you think they will see a resurgence? Yeah. I oh, mean, guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, no. That's what I was saying. Like, there's like, I don't see why not. I mean, obviously they need the manpower behind that, 
but uh, there again, there's a petition going on for it. I think it has quite a few signatures as it is. Um, I think a lot of people would like to see it brought to Steam because a lot of games they find new life. So when when Master Chief was put on PC, remember it was like it was on the top chart. Remember when it got its PC release, everybody was playing it on PC. Like I've noticed that the PC community is clamoring for Halo content. If they were to put that on Steam, oh my god! Well, between that, I remember Sea of Thieves did really well as well. So yeah, yeah. I was shocked. So no, I mean, hey, you know what? PC community really wants to play these games. Steam as well. Um, so I, I don't see why not. They've been uh, just the way that uh, Xbox and Microsoft have been with Steam recently. I think uh, Forza Horizon Four too just got uh, added to Steam, if I'm not mistaken. So, yep, yeah. So yep, that one did. So obviously they're committed to uh, putting them out on uh, more options for the PC players. Uh, but it's interesting, guys. Even uh, there was a pitch for Halo Wars Three. Uh, back in 2017, I don't know if any of you guys knew about it, but they were concepting how space combat would work in a Halo Wars game, uh, like space battles, you know, and different. I don't know if it was like, you know, different uh, ship to ship combat and whatnot. But I know that it was rejected. But I thought, uh, I thought that the concept was pretty cool. So who knows? Maybe we'll uh, in an eventual. Halo Wars 3 game, maybe we'll see something like that come to light. Would you guys be excited for that? Absolutely. I love my RTSs. Love the RTS games. I haven't started Gears Taxes yet, and mm -hmm. I'll probably get around, with, get around with it as soon as possible. But no, like, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I think they just need to focus on finish off Halo Infinite and then see where, where this will go. I think there's a lot of things underneath the belt that they can really do, like what what I would really like to see is more like a an RPG Mass Effect, some sort of Halo type of genre. That would be sweet. Well, I think they have enough internal studios now where they might be able to pull something like that off. So before it was just a matter of uh, resources. Now, you know, given some of those teams, they can definitely. I mean, they could do some expanding, but otherwise, I think uh, hey, anything is possible now. Since they bought uh, Zenimax and Bethesda, anything is possible. Uh, I don't, I don't uh, take anything away from them at this point. Um, all right, fellas, we will uh, move on to some other bits of news. And you know, I'm just out of curiosity, guys on the panel, guys on the ch in the chat. Do we have any baseball fans in the house? I mean, I wouldn't exactly call myself a huge baseball fan. I've been to uh, a few Toronto Blue Jays games. Uh, they're kind of a mixed mixed bag, <laughs> especially recent years. But because um, MLB The Show 21 has been officially unveiled for Xbox, uh, we knew. I mean, there was stuff going back a year ago where they were talking about this, but it's been it's official it's coming out april 20th uh yeah back in 2019 major league baseball had announced the uh, a deal and it would extend to other platforms uh eric shockley buddy um what do you think of mlb the show hitting xbox because uh you know a lot of xbox fans uh they've been craving uh a premier baseball game and uh, now they're getting it. How do you how do you uh, feel about this? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely good. I think for just gamers in general, uh, especially since like 
2K hasn't made like a baseball game in forever. Um, same thing with well, hopefully this goes that way and uh, MLD MLB or say the NFL does what MLD ML, I don't know what some MLD MLB did with Sony and hopefully like hey we're gonna let others you know hey 2K we see what you're doing you know on that side you're as far as like with the you know 2K for their basketball. Uh, maybe we'll let you license out. I don't know if 2K even cares to get into that now since they haven't done it for so long. But it would be cool if that one would also go to let other developers, you know, in on the action. So obviously baseball is probably not as popular of a sport, so it's harder to get into that when Sony's had it for so long and dominated. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it's definitely great that it's not just locked down to one platform playing, you know, a major sport um you know for america so it's kind of like with the the spider-man thing although i kind of give sony a pass on that with the spider-man uh franchise because well we've never seen a spider-man game to that level so them funding that um you know for funding you know footing the bill for insomniac to put in the work to actually you know craft that you know ends up better for everybody even though it's i guess spider-man's gone but uh from other platforms but um, in this case, since it's like, you know, what, what, what used to be thought as like America's pastime, you know, it's a big major, just uncasuals in, in general, um, to just lock away like that sport to one platform. Not, but I mean, it's not Sony's doing is everybody else just fell out and couldn't get it to work or couldn't make it, you know, profitable enough. So, but yeah, I think it's definitely a good thing, but. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember the conversation going back, well, for a few years now that, uh, a lot of a lot of players wanted to see Xbox be more aggressive when it came to some of the sports games, sports franchises. I'm not t- necessarily talking about certain licensings because uh, I know there's issues around that. But I mean, yeah, I mean it's it's welcome. It's more than a welcome to see MLB back. But even just uh, you know, I see oh, I, all the time. I see people posting all these old classics for football franchises football titles um because again uh, games under ea like madden fifa they've just become so uh like they get updated every year and they don't seem to be very significant in their updates they just Again, it's all about microtransactions and so on. And a lot of people just seem to want uh, more variety in the types of sports games that are out there. So I've always kind of wondered if Xbox would, you know, maybe, for example, you know, get an exclusive on a soccer game or maybe not a hockey game. I know that's uh, it's a, that's a little more specific. Hey, up here in Canada, that's what we... Uh, we breathe hockey, but uh, you know maybe something a little more. I would say worldly, like <laughs> maybe, soccer. Maybe since they foot the bill for all those uh, services, all the coaching staffs use, maybe they can uh, bring back NFL Fever. <laughs> oh right, <laughs> right, get the license back. But yeah, that's that's long gone. But yeah, and then I, well, even some resurgence that'd be and, their way in. <laughs> yeah, no, right. Um, yeah, well, yeah, it doesn't uh, I remember years ago Microsoft had that deal with the NFL? Uh, what was it? A billion? They were touting it too. It was like a billion dollar deal, right when the uh, Xbox One w- was announced. So. Oh yeah, check on your fantasy people while you're playing your game, which no one cared about. Yeah, I remember that. 
Yeah, that, uh, yeah, that uh, didn't really uh, go. So yeah, well. it was like that walk that, what was it? Uh, Don Mat- Seeing Don Matrick and like Roger Goodell, like walk on the field and talk about like sports, which is like, you can just tell these guys, I know Don Matrick's like made games in his past when he was younger, but it just felt like you probably, it, it just, you just feel like detached. Like you, these guys don't play video games. There's, there's no way. Just the way they, I don't know. There's just some that was off by them. That was like, this is so detached from the gaming community. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just off-putting. Well, that was the thing with Matrick. I mean, uh, whether his background had gaming in it or not, uh, or he developed some things, he just came off as very uh, corporate, very much in a suit where. You know, like, for example, Phil Spencer doesn't exactly rub me that way. He seems more open, more... Um... I remember <laughs> when Peter Moore brought him on stage, like at E3, when he was still with EA. And it just felt... He just kind of put off that feeling of, like, the uh, Steve Buscemi meme, where it's like, mm-hmm. hey, kids, or uh, hey, fellow kids, or whatever, when he's walking in with a skateboard and a hat backwards in the school. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like... I don't know. You didn't think that he really cared about the, you know, and he, he obviously didn't because he, you know, he let <laughs> Bungie walk people. And that was the other way. Uh, the reason Peter Molyneux left uh, later into his years with the 360 is a lot of them left because just out of, you know, the way their studio was going. So and then Peter left after a lot of his, you know, talent under him left. So then Lionhead gets shut down, which they were off making, you know, uh, Fable Legends and Fable 3 kind of had a not so uh, great, like as far as critically acclaimed, it was still, I think, a solid game, people thought, or just overall, but. Well, I enjoyed Fable. I really enjoyed Fable 2 and Fable 3, to be honest. Uh, The issue is, well, again, his promises. I, I know a lot of studios and a lot of producers and creative directors, they they make a lot of broad statements but uh, man they really uh, <laughs> they really stretch themselves there especially with what Molyneux was saying and well and then you look at uh uh you know Thomas Moeller's comments recently regarding um Molyneux uh, <laughs> very enlightening oh, yeah. very tr- very truthful in a lot of ways i, I again i, I kind of have to uh, back up Thomas on that one yeah, to answer the the other part of that question, no, I don't think Sony, any other Sony titles are coming to Xbox. I don't think that's going to be a start of something, unless mm-hmm. that's like way super in the future when Game Pass is on PS5 and like each one of them, because I, I do think like that could start a domino effect where, okay, Game, Game Pass is now on PS5, it's now on, you know, Switch and you have, everybody has, kind of like you have now with Netflix kind of started it and now every... CBS, everybody has like their own subscription that they're getting started with. So I think when that starts going and everybody has their own and they're doing well, because, you know, we either have 5G or whatever is super fast that people are streaming um, and don't even buy consoles. And you have people that just casually probably don't want to go out and buy $500 consoles or never do or even 300 Well, everybody has a phone and everybody probably has whatever the newest, you know, bandwidth for their cell phone internet. And then at that point, when ca- that many casual audiences, you know, can 
actually play some of those games just that easy you know entry into the uh, gaming community i i could see then maybe you know they might have their own established where they already have ps now but like even more like okay cool now it makes sense for us to make a ton of money because you know millions and millions of people now are are able to you know play these games kind of like people with netflix and stuff like that when you wouldn't have thought that you know 20 years ago so mm-hmm. uh d black raven i'm kind of curious since uh you're from australia down under there uh you guys um typically you guys tend tend to steer towards rugby and cricket uh, are you interested in anything like that unfortunately no <laughs> i'm not a I'm not a big sporty fanatic, unfortunately. But I like. Well, uh, I get to the topic of the the baseball thing. I think it's a great it's a great way to see that this title has been for so long going to the Xbox ecosystem. And I think it it gravitates more players, and it helps out the studio to like craft like if they want to do it, make another sports game, they could do one. And uh, do you want to see another other PlayStation games? Definitely not. Definitely not see any other PlayStation games through to other sort of systems. But no, I'm not a, I'm not a sporty fan, unfortunately. <laughs> but but it, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's good to see. Um, it's good to see the the baseball going to other systems to let let players to enjoy. But that's there's a lot of people have been asking for this for, for so long. But yeah, yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. No, that's cool. No, I mean, that's great that a lot of, uh, again, a lot of people on Xbox are going to be able to play uh, and experience MLB The Show. From what I understand, uh, I-, I believe it's Sony San Diego that makes the game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I, I, uh, I believe so. I'll yeah. have to check into that. Uh, please correct me in the chat if I'm wrong, but uh, I mean, th- th- they seem to do good work. Um so again, I I know I I know some people uh, like just people I know around me that generally like baseball. I wouldn't mind playing this. So again, it's a, it's a welcome addition to uh, the Xbox uh, game portfolio, of course. Um, but yeah, guys, we'll uh, move on to something else. Either way, it's just nice that this game is uh, finally coming to Xbox platforms. And you know what, guys, we will move on to the rumor mill. And I know a lot of guys, a lot of people want to talk about. It. I know a few. Of the guys in the uh, the panel are really itching to talk about this, and as we all know, Xbox is constantly on the hunt for studios and IP and so on. Well, a couple of trusted insiders are suggesting that Polish studio Techland are in talks with Microsoft for acquisition. Now, guys, this is a name that has been brought up a few times already. Even I've brought them up as potential targets for acquisition uh, by Xbox. And now we're seeing more and more credible sources starting to talk about this. Um, what do you guys think is the likelihood of Techland being bought uh, by Xbox? Uh, D uh, Black Raven, I'll start with you on that on this one. I want to talk this one. <laughs> this one's been going on since last year. Uh, shout out to Logan Meyer and Archimedes. We've been talking about this since, for so long. Um, for, first of all, I love Dying Light. It's definitely one of the best zombie games since last generation. I probably spent around 500 hours into it. And 
to, to see the growth and how they continue the IP, they just recently uh, launched the new new DLC, which has got to do with Vikings, and it's really it's really nice to see they continue on on that. But anyway, off topic. Do I see a potential for a acquisition for Techland? I will say I'm gonna say yes, and here's why. You got Chris Avalone that was who was writing the script for Dying Light 2, and he just recently walk, uh, walked out, and they are trying so hard to get back themselves back into the map. And I, the, the, the thing is, I, I don't think they're in, in trouble, but I think they need some financial support to help build, uh, to finish and build the game for Dying Light 2. And... Uh, I also would also say, you know, you know what, 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 I think this could be a time exclusive because if you look at ACG, uh, from he's a really, really excellent YouTube, uh, YouTube content creator, and he was mentioning something about that he can't announce, absolutely zero tolerance to say anything about it, and I think that that's the what he's saying. I think this is aligning uh, to consensus. For uh, anything is possible. I think it, I, I really do think it's a studio acquisition. If they pick up Techland, that's brilliant because I think they're fantastic, absolutely fantastic team. And or the another thing is there could be Xboxes in the talk to say, hey, we'll, we'll we'll help you finish the game, and we can have Dying Light 2 as a time exclusive. And that's what they should probably do because when you look at PlayStation, they've got Final Fantasy VII remake and Final. 16 does time exclusive for like two or three years we don't know don't know how long it is and that's 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 the sort of aggressive move that they should do but i know that phil spencer has been all nice and stuff they don't like to put their games that people that can't reach out but i think it's a good way to you know have that title it's such a big ip to have a time exclusive but I, I honestly think I do say I would say yes. I think there's a I think there's a potential uh, acquisition for Techland. But another thing is to when you look at CD Projekt Red and the way they're having trouble right now, that's another thing they might also look into. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. So I'll 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 say this. I'll say yes. I think they're in the talks for. Techland to join Xbox Game Studios. Well, I will say again, guys, that the, you know, take all this with a massive grain of salt. Uh, we're just kind of speculating here, but there are a lot of credible sources that are really piggybacking off of this rumor and going with it, and seem to know a few things that we don't. But I will say that again, we don't know if it's obviously going to be a timed exclusive or not. Uh, recently. Uh, there was the Dying Light Collector's Edition that was leaked. Um, I'm looking at a picture of it. It looks pretty cool with the statue and everything. It does list uh, Xbox, uh, PlayStation, and uh, PC versions of the game. So, again, I, we, we can't necessarily say that's going to be a timed exclusive or not for Xbox platforms. But, uh, again, very interesting talks going on right now about Techland and Dying Light 2. Uh, the community manager uh, 
for Techland. Uh, he can't. He came out and denied these talks. But I mean, this kind of stuff has happened before, right, guys? It, uh, community managers often uh, talk, downplay these kinds of things because, again, legally, these companies, if they're in these talks, they can't just openly. Uh, talk about them until the deal is done right or they announce things um obviously techland are currently working on dying light 2 which has been in development forever from this from the looks of it and we haven't heard about it in a very long time so i mean that could make sense if they needed like help with funding obviously it's taken them longer so well yeah that would also kind of point to funding because if you had the resources you wouldn't have to keep pushing it off. The reason you do is because you don't have the manpower, you know, to pump out and get the work done. So yeah, they they announced they showed off that Dying Light two. I'm assuming E three 2018. Am I correct? It's about that. If Probably I'm not about that. Yeah, and we haven't heard ever since. So I, the poor I in the financial crisis, they need they need some help. I was like, I've. I've the Dying Light 2 is one of my most anticipated games. I hope it's coming out this year. And I, don't, I honestly don't want to see this IP to go away. It's, but I, I honestly think there's there's some talks. As if the community the community manager is saying he's did uh like it's not happening. You know how people are saying yeah it's not happening. But then when you look at Insomniac, they got acquired. So. Anything's possible, guys. Anything's possible. I well, um, it's not out of uh, Microsoft's wheelhouse. I have my theory on, you know, the game Scorn was supposed to be a two-part game that was uh, crowdfunded and kickstarted, and it was still having some finan- financial issues. Because if you go read a lot of the uh, statements that they put out on their crowdfunding pages. Um, they, they were, they needed more money and then lo and behold, out of nowhere, a air quotation marks, anonymous, uh, benefactor gave them a huge cash, you know, influx. And all of a sudden scorn is technically a Microsoft ecosystem exclusive, um, it will temporarily. So I, in my opinion, I wouldn't be surprised if Microsoft had something to do with being that mysterious uh, donor. And on top of, if that's the case, then this is totally uh, not outside of Microsoft's wheelhouse to uh, put a large, you know, amount of cash into a game that they feel has some teeth to it and uh, can, you know, help bolster the Microsoft ecosystem, if not as a permanent exclusive, but even as a uh, timed exclusive. Mm hmm. That's right. And yeah, I mean, you've seen Microsoft flex their muscles recently by in the past couple of years with acquiring, again, we were just talking about it, uh, Bethesda, Zenimax, uh, along with a slew of other studios. So they don't mind spending some cash right now, and they're on the hunt for IP and studios. And I think Dying Light would be an interesting IP for them to be involved in. Uh, and yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to add, you know, we brought it up earlier with uh, Ninja Theory and how they're advancing the technology that they use to create games. Um, and 
other developers have to be taking notice of this. They're like, oh my god, they sold to Microsoft and they're getting to, they're getting to play with that kind of stuff and they're doing this and they're doing that, and here we are, um, you know, doing crowd starters and you know crowdfunding and all that good stuff to kind of keep our dream going. You know, there is a point in time where a developer doesn't want to see their dream die either. So, you know, they are going to get help rather than see their dream just kind of get shelved and never been put out into the wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, Techland, ob- obviously, we're talking about uh, Dying Light to uh, uh, you know possibly the funding behind that. You also forget too, or a lot of people forget, I should say. Uh, Techland is also behind Dead Island, and Dead Island Two is an IP that got announced. I remember way back when at E3 2014 at Sony's conference and. It's just been a sad case of being passed around from developer to developer to developer. Uh, it's currently in development at Dambuster Studios, uh, which is under the Embracer Group, if I'm not mistaken. You know the uh, THQ Nordic and all that. Um, and there's an IP too that who knows that's kind of been in development hell. So maybe they need some more funds for that. And, again, they don't have too much IP other than that, but they do have the Call of Juarez series, which I a lot of people, I well, not a lot of people, but I do know some people that have an interest in that title, and it has garnered some praise uh, in years past. So I'd be curious to see what they do with that, with funding. Um, otherwise, guys, I mean, I, I would totally be behind them getting Techland. I mean, I would assume that... I'm, I'll be honest, off the top of my head, I'm not 100% sure what they're worth, but they can't... I don't imagine them being a billion-dollar uh, studio by any means, so... So, can I throw <laughs> just a random crazy idea out there? Go for it. After... All right, well, here. Um, we all know, like, uh, <clears throat> Undead Labs is a, a studio in New Orleans, right? And if our memory serves me, uh, shortly before... Uh, the pandemic many, many moons ago, before the pandemic, uh, they were talking about how they were expanding Undead Labs. Um, And so I'm just saying there's a lot of talent when it comes to zombie-style games over at Techland. And the fact that they're expanding a studio that specializes in games that deal with zombies, um, there's a this could help them fuel... um, you know, by providing a lot of talent and con, I'm just saying that they could definitely use this to benefit, uh, benefit, benefit Xbox and Techland at the same time. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. It's just it's interesting that they're going after. Well, it would appear that they're going after Techland, but they have they seem to have such a good relationship with Bloober Team at the moment. So, uh, another Polish studio. So, um, I'd be, I, 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 I'm sorry, Invader. I will have to say that Microsoft has been very chatty with the developers over in uh, Europe. So maybe mm-hmm. there is some, there's something aligning for sure. Well, they're chatty with everybody at the moment. They, I don't think they really care where anybody is. It's just a matter of, uh, the IP and what they can bring to be honest, and what they can address in their portfolio. Uh, recently, we've heard uh, Phil and other uh, higher-ups, uh, 
and Microsoft and Xbox talk about, I think it was Phil actually, about wanting to get, for example, more E-rated games into uh, the Game Pass catalog. And I, I'm just curious to see if they'll pick up an E-rated developer such as, oh, I don't know. Platonic. Uh, well, I was going to say another play, because uh, I think they just set up, I think Platonic just set up their own publishing wing. So I don't think they're uh, necessarily interested, but they could be interested in working with them. I was going to say Playful, actually, the uh, Super Lucky's Tale. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good pickup. Because I had heard something along the lines of them, I think it was Clobriel who had mentioned this a few years back, about them working on, possibly, I don't want to misquote quote the, the poor guy, but I, I believe so, that they, they, they were toying around with a rare IP of some sort, uh, but I don't think it's one that would automatically come to mind. So it could be, for example, Viva Pinata, for all we know. Come on, Jet Force Gemini. Hey, that would be nice. I would welcome any of those old IP coming back. But again, if Perf if Perfect Dark is making a comeback, then why not? Why not Jet Force Gemini? Um, but then, you know, you, you look at Techland, and then very recently, too, what, a week or two ago, we had rumors of Paradox Interactive as well being oh, brought up. I stole that. And Paradox Interactive isn't a publisher that naturally comes to a lot of people's minds, but they, they're involved a lot in, well, a lot of more recently popular PC titles, RTS uh, titles, such as Crusader Kings, Stellaris comes to mind. Um, and they have quite the uh, strong communities there, player base. And I could totally see them wanting to add more of those types of games and studios to Xbox Game Pass to their ecosystem for PC alone. So I could, I could totally see them being interested in Paradox Interactive. And I think it would be a little on the cheaper side, too. So just a little bit anyways. Um, but yeah, guys, things are really heating up out there. I think I brought the Embracer group up earlier, but uh, just this past week or so, they announced that they bought Gearbox for $1.3 billion. I mean, companies, they are looking to secure content like crazy right now. Let's not forget about Tencent. They are, they are like vultures. Well, I would be very wary of anything Tencent's involved in, <laughs> to be honest. I, I, I would not <laughs> want the tentacles of the CP, CPP uh, being, uh, uh. or CCP being, uh, to get into any of these uh, beloved companies. Uh, I know that Tencent, they do have, I think, a little bit invested in Paradox Interactive that we were just talking about. They have, like, little 5% uh, holdings here, 1% here, 2% there. But uh, I just, honestly, anybody but Tencent. Anybody. Um, definitely. All, these, all of these mega companies are... They're all invested to gaming. Gaming is becoming huge, mm -hmm. and you want, and yeah, like well, we'll get to the topic soon. And I'm, you still got Amazon, Luna. I, I think that could be the next competitor with Xbox. Like I said, we'll get to the conversation later. All these megaton companies are just snatching studios, and you. This is like Microsoft and. Hopefully, PlayStation does the same thing too, because they they don't want to lose all these great games and a lot of great studios 
to be lost to their hands. They're they're trying to save them as possible, you know. And it, with the Techland thing, they, I honestly think that there are some talks with it. Enough for Paradox Interactive? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's probably the only other like double-edged sword for Microsoft is them buying up Bethesda for seven point five billion dollars. Is then Absolutely. probably making other, probably other making other companies think like, oh well, crap. Well, if they buy up more, there's there's not going to be that much left. Like, <laughs> so it's going to probably start other student other like things like Tencent that have been just growing and growing. Uh, think like, hey, if we want to get on this, maybe we need to. By one of the um, big publishers that's still standing. It's called like, an it's called an arms race. Yeah, yeah. And it's already been sparked. They're, they're basically everybody's trying to build the biggest missile. Um, I hate to make references to like the idea of like a cold war in gaming, but you know, definitely we're going to see some studios snatching up. I mean, companies snatching up studios just because they see, like, look at what the pandemic. Look at what the pandemic did for gaming. Gaming grew insanely because everybody was stuck yeah. at home. So they, they see what gaming can do, and everybody wants a slice of that pie. Um, it like I like how Invader talked about it. he doesn't want Tencent kind of running around. I don't either. Um, you know, Tencent has their tentacles so deep that I know they, they're invested everywhere, but they also do have their hands deep enough in the fact that if need be, I mean, in some of the articles I read, they have enough say-so over certain companies to where they could actually walk through the door and, and potentially have what's known as a corporate hostile takeover, um, and they could start dictating how things are done. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll be shocked if Tencent uh, snatched Activision. When you have Call of Duty, one of the biggest IPs in the That world. one would make sense for them to hit. <laughs> oh, 100%, dude. Oh, anything that has potential in the mobile gaming market will have Tencent's attention first. Tencent, at least right now, seems heavily focused in the mobile gaming network and market. They do have stakes in other companies, but it seems like the majority of the companies that they're at least purchasing right now kind of lean more towards uh, gaming as a, games as a service and mobile gaming. Can you play um, Warzone on a mobile yet? Not not that I'm aware of. Oh, okay. Um, I was I, I know, sure like, if that hit. <laughs> I know when you pop up Tencent, one of the games that comes up is uh, Call of Duty, the mobile version of Call of Duty. And yeah, there was oh, also okay. another. There was a like, there was another mobile game, but I just can't think of off the top of my head. Oh, um, Diablo Immortals. That 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 one. Yeah, basically they're just yep. creating mobile games. Like, dude, that this a possible chance. They tend to snatch Activision and there goes Blizzard. They got Diablo, they got Call of Duty. Oh, and crap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, think about, think about that. And they also have stakes in the music industry and in the movie industry. Um, I think I, if, I'm re if I'm right, I believe the last Transformer movie uh, that aired or that was in theaters actually had a Tencent logo appear in the credits. Really? So yeah, so, like these guys are everywhere. Yeah, yeah, they've grown a lot in the past year, like on their stock price. Yeah, just uh, again, they're a company to just watch out for. I, I, I don't want any of these uh, Western developers or publishers to be bought up by a very hostile. I, I have the death beating on the death's door, man. 
they're knocking each, each door. Like, like, yeah. like I know Thomas... people don't... Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say one last thing, and then I'll let you go. Um, I know people I've been talking uh, about, like, they don't want to see where, like, now you have... I forget what it's called. Uh, I think it starts with, like, a, like an O, where basically it's not a monopoly, but where um, you have a few players that own everything. So, um, and at that point, but the only... Like the only thing I'm not gonna say like that's gonna be terrible is that well at least if that stops players like Tencent or other companies that have like no um, relationship in the gaming space, I'd like to see that versus like someone coming in like Tencent and doing a hostile takeover because that just makes a lot of that people that a lot of that talent in that studio just go or leave or split off and then that studio is not what it was. Um, so I mean, I would like if if we don't have really a choice at this point, then I'll take that scenario versus you know Tencent or other players that don't having you know don't know how to what the gaming community or like just in general or how to run a studio, you know, so, buying them up. Um, here, did like because you didn't realize that they were in entertainment. Um, Tencent Pictures, uh, Venom, Monster Hunter, Wonder Woman, Terminator, Dark Fate, <laughs> exactly, Gun, Monster Maverick, Hunter, Bumblebee. <laughs> Kong, Skull Island, Men in Black, Warcraft, the list goes on. These guys have been making movies for a long time, and we've been consuming them, and, and we're just now the starting to the track record change. on some of those movies you just named. Oh, I know. The recent I Men know. in Black, Monster Hunter. Oh, so. yeah. They're all, basically, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but some of them were quick money grabs. Oh, totally, uh, but they did—they didn't make a lot questions. of money on some of them. <laughs> oh no, I, I didn't. For you. I didn't want to say they were successful, but they were an attempted quick money grab. Yeah, go ahead, uh, D Black Raven. Yeah, I've got a question for you, Invader. What's what's your what what do you think about Techland? Do you reckon they, it's, it's a possibility for Microsoft to acquire? Well, like I've been saying, ever, anything is possible uh, since the whole ZeniMax thing. I will say, though, that I've been one of the ones mentioning them for the past few months now. And while they don't have a, a large catalog of games, they do, like, the, the couple of IP that they do have are interesting. And they, they're a pretty large. Uh, developer i mean they used to publish stuff but i think they uh gave up their publishing wing a few years back if i'm not mistaken um but the, the, yeah the, i think their size is about 250 or 300 or something like that and i think you could do there's a lot of potential to the studio if they had the uh less monetary constraints on them and obviously the development has been going haywire for both uh Dying Light and Dead Island 2. So I would put it as plausible at this point. They right. do seem to be talking, and I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind that addition to Xbox Game Studios personally. Although, like, I do like Bloober Team. I think there's a lot of potential there. So I agree. I've been I've been hammering that studio for so long. Mm -hmm. I've I'm still playing the medium and I it is one of probably the best psychological horror in silent hill yeah they, seriously grab him blue are perfect yeah well there's a lot of interesting developers uh coming out of 
Poland right now. You see, well, what are they called? The astronauts. I think they did the vanishing of Ethan Carter, if I'm not mistaken. There, and of course, there's other developers. But uh, yeah, I, I would not be surprised if they uh, they got a a a a pretty decently named developer from Poland and Techland. Yeah, I I, I would put it as a, a a big plausibility in my mind. What about this, guys? Does uh. Is Microsoft still owns the Dead Rising IP? Mm, they don't. Capcom? They don't own it. Capcom owns it. Uh, okay. Well, it's got to say, like, if they can snatch up Techland, maybe they could give it a crack at uh, reviving Dead uh, Dead Rising. Dead Rising is one of those IP that they have a close relationship with. Uh, that's why back when the Xbox One launched, they had Dead Rising Three, and it it's still exclusive to uh, Microsoft and Xbox platforms dead rising three um because yeah they had to fund it uh they had to fund it so uh, i don't know i don't know about dead rising per se i think there's some interest there but i i think that ip needs a few more years to just kind of uh you know just give it a little bit of a break personally um uh, honestly, like with the rumor mills running around uh, with Xbox, like who they're gonna buy next, uh, they could buy, they could buy up anybody at this point. Who knows? <laughs> it's a guessing and game. Some somebody on the chat, Jesse Darby, about from software. Yeah, they're making Elder Ring. Uh, I don't think that will be time exclusive, buddy. I think that's gonna be multi plat. And for as for from software, nah. That won't be required, dude. Not happening. I will say, though, that Sony is bound to uh, make some moves soon. I mean, obviously, what uh, two years ago they had bought Insomniac. I expect them to uh, acquire another dev or two. I wouldn't be surprised at that. Uh, I mean, heck, even Nintendo acquired a developer uh, a few months ago. So it was a smaller dev, but still. So Oh, it's a uh... given that PlayStation is going to be looking for more developers because we all remember what Jim Ryan said when Microsoft acquired Bethesda. He was unsure of what the state of his ecosystem was going to look like um, if by some chance Microsoft starts taking content away from the ecosystem. So they have to definitely think about making sure that their ecosystem can never be put in a situation where there's going to be a lack of content just because they didn't buy studios. And is this why I have a gut feeling that Square Enix is, might be one of them? Shockley, I'm going to quit. What do you think about that? Sony, uh, what do you think about that? Sony going to acquire Square Enix as for a publisher? Um, yeah, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't, like, hate that one. Like, if they put in more, you know, funding and... You know, that helps, uh, you know, who knows when we're going to finish. Because I loved the remake of Final Fantasy VII. Um, so who knows, like, when, the, you know, part two, part three, or whatever they're going to do with that, you know, how long that takes. So if, like, they're getting first-party money and they're even more funding, you know, I can see it all just depends on how it goes. Like, with the Spider-Man, that kind of probably benefits. We don't get as good of a Spider-Man, you know, if it was just under Activision or what have you. Um but I mean, I don't, I don't think they would, since now they're just getting so much more cozier with Microsoft recently. Um, like you saw them like tweeting back and forth with you know Game Pass handles. So I, I don't think unless it was kind of like, hey, we just you know have the money to buy you outright. 
I, I don't think relationship wise they would probably opt to do it now since they're getting a little bit cozier with uh, Microsoft. So if they need money, yeah. they know they can go to either and they can or they can just keep what, doing what they're doing. Hey, Sony, you want a uh, timed exclusive to kind of fill in the gap between, you know, some of your bigger titles? Cool. Buy a one year exclusivity, you know, for the next Final Fantasy game or Final Fantasy remake. Cool. That helps them out with the funding. They still keep their independence. So well, I don't we, think it would happen, but yeah. Going back to the Techland thing, uh, we all because you just reminded me of something. Uh, How much would they need to buy them, though? Like that's that's the other thing. Uh, it would be a much bigger percentage of their capital or cash on hand than what Microsoft did with Bethesda. But that they had 137 yeah. billion dollars in cash. Now they have 130. They're still set. <laughs> they're they're okay. So, so they have um shot like going back to Techland. Forgive me, you just reminded me of something. We all know like Microsoft or uh, we all know Game Pass has uh, a not one size fits all kind of policy. What if Techland came in and said, "Hey, what if we put this game day and date in Game Pass uh, for either a huge uh, cash infusion into the game?" Or uh, basically, the Game Pass gives them an avenue to get the money they need to get the game on its feet without selling themselves to Microsoft. Yeah, I mean, I think th I could see that happening because that could help fund whatever their next project is. Like if this one's not going too well and they need something that's to finish. That's yeah. the whole kind of purpose behind Game Pass that Phil Spencer put out there was, hey, you know, what if you have a game you really want to get out there and you just don't have the money, you know, we can give you the ability to do that and you can become successful offset game and then go do yeah. off bigger and bigger, bigger and better things. Versus you bombing and then it not working out and then you don't recoup all those costs and you get shut down because you can't yeah. pay your staff. Yeah, I agree. I don't want to see, I don't want to see tech plan having the same problem with that's happening with CD project. Man. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, well, the whole yeah, what's going on with CD Projekt Red is uh, it's it's worrisome. It is worrisome uh, with all that. Uh, hopefully, they can clear up their mess. Uh, yeah, man. I don't think I don't think we would see Sony make a purchase like what they just did with Bethesda, like buying a Square Enix. I think that might take a little too much, like per too much percentage. Like they would, I think, have the capital, but I don't know if they would. It would be much bigger risk. I don't think they'd want to make that kind of They would of a probably move. buy studios like like they did with Unsomniac. They just bought Insomniac and they that's turned out to be a you know, a great buy. They got a deal on and what they've made like three games for them. That they've been like the one that's, you know, working the most with the next uh Ratchet and Clank that's about to come out in a few months. Mm -hmm. You know, the past two Spider Mans. So I think they would just get Blue Point or it, you know, maybe some of the smaller studios they have a relationship with, buying up some of those or some of the ones they've been working with with uh, uh, with some of those Chinese devs that mm -hmm. they've been uh, you know helping out. So yeah, definitely. Now wait a minute. Now this actually just reminded me. You just said Embracer bought Gearbox. Has it, have they basically stated that they're what they're going to do with some of uh, Gearbox's uh, like more exclusive titles? Like, do they plan to keep them that way or? I have not heard any communications from Embracer about that. Because so. I'm curious on how going forward a lot of these companies are going to handle 
you know, like we all know how Microsoft and PlayStation are going to treat some of these more, you know, exclusive IPs versus companies that are just looking to get into the game space. They're just going to, you know, in my opinion, slap that slap it everywhere. Yeah, I'm not too worried about Embracer. They they have been buying up all kinds of devs, but they haven't been like... I mean, this has probably been one of their larger purchases, I mean, along with uh, THQ a couple of years back, but uh, they're not as menacing as some other um, big names out there. So uh, I'm not too worried about them, uh, to be honest. But yeah, guys, it. I'm very curious to see what happens uh, with all the Techland rumors going around. And I know they're just rumors, but I don't know. I, get, I just can't help but uh, feel that there's some kind of uh, plausibility to them. But you know what? Take everything with a grain of salt and, uh, you know, just keep tabs on it. Anyways, fellas, we will move on to what will be our last topic of the evening. And. Even though it's the last topic, it's some pretty big news, and obviously this was well probably covered on some other podcasts uh, like a week or so ago. But Google uh, recently came out stating that they'll be closing its two Stadia game studios in Montreal and uh, Los Angeles. All as well, producer Jade Jade Raymond is also leaving the company. Uh, third. Uh, third party will still be releasing and supported on the platform. Um, however, at just at least for now, uh, Google's new strategy seems to be for Stadia games uh, just to offer their streaming tech to other companies at the moment. Uh, and Phil Harrison will be in charge of that. Ooh, oh boy! Now, guys, this situation with Google closing its first party uh, developers—it's. Uh, well, it's it's really fascinating for a lot of reasons. Uh, what are all your takes on this? Because I I don't think a lot of us were uh, thinking that this would happen so soon. <clears throat> Can I kind of kind of say the first word on this? Go right. Now, ahead. I'm sorry that I'm gonna say it like this, but I think it's it, it's it's bullshit. Like if you want to see I a, a stu- I think it's a studio. If you want to see the victim here, in my opinion, go play Journey to the Savage Planet. That that studio, I, I can't believe, I I found that game and bought it before it ever made its way on the Game Pass, and I enjoyed playing it. I bought it on a whim, and I had so much fun playing that game. I still got to play the DLC. I bought it too, but like, didn't Google buy the developer for that game, and pretty much they were considered a first party studio, and now they're gone. Yeah, yeah. Typhoon. Yeah, Typhoon Studios. Yeah. That's so correct. that's why I'm putting it out there as BS because. You know, you you didn't have to go and buy these developers up and, you know, on a failed experiment, you know, can them. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, well, that's the thing about Typhoon. Uh, They came out swinging with their first uh, title, uh, Journey to the Savage Planet. I haven't played it, but, I mean, it's tempting because it's in Game Pass and it seems up my alley. A lot of people talk highly about it play that game i played that like to put it out there i played it so heavily i got all the little orange little globby things like i did the collectibles i left the planet after 100 completion of the planet um and uh, and it's kind of funny when you do that the game there's like a different ending to just leaving the planet after you just achieved the the main story objective um so definitely i put a 
a lot of time in that game. I had fun. I kicked a lot of space creatures um, just out of funny. <laughs> I remember showing my wife that, and you just go around messing with little space creatures. Uh, that game was definitely unique and a very, very fun game to play. And it's really tragic that a studio like that got bought up by Google, and Google is now just going to, I guess... I, I'm. What are they going to do? Leave these studios by the wayside? Are they going to find somebody who's willing to purchase them? Did we just witness a lot of people watch their jobs go away? I think I'm kind of mind blown. I think that yeah, it was something along the lines of basically 150 people have to find new jobs, pretty much from how well from how I'm reading things, anyways. So. Basically, if I interpret things correctly, yeah, those two studios, the one that they made and the one that they purchased, are uh, closing. So that's, you know, that, that is heartbreaking and unfortunate because I believe before Google got involved with Typhoon, I believe even Microsoft was talking with them at some point. Uh, but yep, they were. Yeah, but Typhoon... Uh, I, I, I don't think they wanted to necessarily grow into a much larger studio. If I remember the talks correctly, the behind-the-scenes stuff. But uh, I guess it doesn't matter now because uh, Google's shuttering them. And, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but I think it was last year that Clubrio was like doing like this sort of rhyme on his Twitter feed. Yes, I know which one you're referencing. Yep, I think that was the indication for Typhoon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it was, too. Well, 100%. I think he... Well, again, I don't want to speak for uh, Clubrill by any means, but uh, he, you know, he definitely has his uh, squirrely ears in the right places, and yeah, he knew. He knew something. But honestly, um, it's amazing because... Over the past couple of years, Microsoft have been referencing Google and Amazon as the companies that they were worried about, you know, with how they're approaching their streaming and whatnot. And lo and behold, Google is basically, from the looks of things, bowing out. Uh, Amazon seemed to, while they're not bowing out, they just seem to not know what to do in the gaming space. Google's thrown in the towel. Amazon is a victim of failure to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let me see. They had a... Let me see. Well, we all know about with Google and Stadia. Um, I don't even know what the future of Luna may hold, but we all saw with Amazon, they tried to come out with some kind of a, a battle game, like arena battle game that was taken out of beta and put out and then it was put back into beta and then taken away indefinitely. Um, it did, wasn't a Jason Schreier just recently wrote an article stating that um, Amazon is one of these companies that has all this money and all this talent and they have no idea what to do with it. So I, I, I don't know what I really, let's just say if Amazon ever plans to really get into gaming heavily, they're going to need to get somebody in there that kind of knows what they're doing and knows what to do with a gaming studio. Because at this point, I'm at the, I don't even know how to describe Amazon other than the, like, I don't even want to use someone else's terms. So I'll just continue saying it's like failure to start. Mm hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, Shockley, I'd be curious to hear what your thoughts on uh, Google closing their first-party studios are here because it's... um, I don't think a lot of us imagined that this would be happening so soon. Yeah, I didn't think it was so soon, but yeah, I think that's what everybody was... Like, I get it, you own your games that you buy, but it's like there's this kind of gut feeling of like, cool, when I put down $60 on a game... You just feel like, well, Google might shut this down at any point. And then like kind of like people are worried right now, if you bought Google Music, um, you're not losing it, but you will lose it if you don't transfer your um, your profile over to YouTube Music. That's where they're moving it since they own YouTube. Um, but that, yeah, it's just kind of that feeling of like, yeah, I just bought, you know, whatever it is, Cyberpunk, $60, but it's kind of like. You know, I get digital purchases on PlayStation or Xbox that, you know, they're digital, but you feel like they're more grounded because they have like a physical presence. Um, Whereas like Google, Google's just now stepping in and you just think, okay, we'll probably shut it down at any point. And then now you have a game tied to this weird platform that's not really going anywhere anymore or has a future. Whereas at least Xbox, if xCloud didn't work out, well, well, you know, you still have your digital purchases on the Xbox platform. So, yeah, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's sad to see like it went out that quick, but I think all of us, as soon as they launched it, kind of saw the writing on the wall. Like, yeah, this isn't what we thought. Like, I, I was kind of excited when they first announced it, when they first were talking about how like seamless everything was. Um, but then when they launched it and it was a pretty like poor launch at that beginning stage was just like if this is your best shot yikes so yeah and amazon have not fared much better although they're not closing anything at the moment they have shuttered a few of their games and uh crucible's been a disaster as well as a few things uh you know looking back at that double helix purchase from a few years ago it's uh, a shame what happened to them they could have done well with microsoft just saying they're looking for somebody uh to do killer instinct right now so uh you know that's kind of biting them uh but yeah i mean i, I always kind of wondered about google because google they don't tend to follow through with a lot of uh whether it be their their products or a lot of their teams too so i was kind of anticipating them to try a little harder with uh, stadia but man it has just not worked at all um i don't know if you guys noticed but recently uh google has had a lot of bad communications with its devs recently uh terraria dev came out saying that uh, the dev account was locked out. He was locked out of the the YouTube, uh, Google Play, and even the the Gmail account, which is uh, kind of shocking. And the back and forth was going on for, I believe, uh, a month or two, and he just got fed up. So the company will no longer support Terraria coming to the Stadia platform. I mean, it's just, uh, how can you have that much uh, poor support? You know, to, I mean, Terraria is basically on everything at this point, and you can't get it's the huge, right? Yep. Terraria is huge. Uh, can I chime in for this one? Yeah, yeah, of course. Go ahead. Sweet. Okay. Um, I'm a little disappointed about Google Stadia because I honestly thought they 
this is where the true competitive is is going to happen when you see Xbox what they battling with the X Cloud and the Stadia or Google battling with Stadia. I have no idea how they flopped this so easy, and to, just to kill off the studio like like with a Thanos uh, finger snap. It pisses me off when when I see these big companies are like, we're gonna join in, we're gonna do something, but, and then the next moment it's like we can't do it, we can't compete. Like, but at least I can at least try to like jump in and do something, or just like putting your hands behind your backs and fiddling your thumbs. It it does pisses me off. And uh, as for Jade Raymond, this one's interesting. She's the, the one that she did the Assassin's Creed with, uh, with Ubisoft. Uh, if I think she'll be great, a great pickup to put her with the initiative. If they decide to put like have a second uh, team for the initiative, or if she could go back to work with Ubisoft. I she is really she's very talented. Uh, she's yeah, she's she's very talented at what she does, and she does a lot of great things. Mm-hmm. But mm. well, yeah, she's known for Assassin's Creed and a few other things. I yeah, I I wouldn't mind seeing her at Xbox Game Studios. It's just a matter of which which studio. I mean, I would just I would argue start uh, another a brand new studio under her and uh, see what happens. So, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, but I mean, otherwise, yeah, no. Uh, losing Jade Raymond, like there were, there's a few other key characters in there as well. I mean, I had mentioned Phil Harrison in there, but basically wherever he goes, uh, nothing, uh, nothing good happens. It happened with Sony in Europe. Uh, with yep. their studios, it happened at Xbox, and now, <laughs> now uh, Stadia. <laughs> I think he just uh, joins I, on at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, three in a row. Yeah, he really oh, joins on at the wrong time. I was like, yeah, this whole Sony thing's not really working out. You know, at that point, they weren't. So, like, okay, cool. I'll go to the one that's hitting right now. I'll move over to 360. Cool. Oh, crap. <laughs> Beginning Xbox One. And then, and then, well, you know, that's not going to. I, now I'm going over to Google. This seems like a cool new thing. And maybe this will take off. And then. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I definitely don't want him back at uh, Xbox to say the least. But either way, guys, this whole thing with uh, Google shutting down its internal studios, man, it, just, it wasn't even maybe it was, what, a year since Typhoon was bought and then yep. just shuttered. Like, that's a pretty fast turnaround. I, I don't think they produced one single game under them for all that money that they spent. What a waste. What a waste! How much did this? How much did they spend for Typhoon? It wasn't very much. I'd I'd have to uh, look it up now, but I don't I don't think it was uh, a lot of money because they're so small. Uh, that's not the point, though. I mean, they released a console or well, a streaming device, anyways, with uh, nothing, like no real big exclusives. I think they had one indie exclusive game at launch for it but otherwise they had nothing absolutely nothing that made it unique 
uh, for other people to be like, oh yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't mind really getting that Stadia for that game or this game. It's like anywhere else they could get the same games, but I mean, they actually own the product and even the way that their subscription uh, goes as well for uh, what Stadia Pro, I think it's called. It's uh, kind of wonky as well. So right out the gate, they just really screwed up the Stadia. Even the name, too. The name. I'm not really a huge fan of the name, either, to be honest. <laughs> but that's besides the point. Go ahead. The question for you guys, who, who can compete Microsoft at this stage? Who do you think? Uh, I would um, say... Sony, if they wanted to get it, because they could use Amazon's server, so they wouldn't have to, like... Although they've done those ties with Microsoft, so they're probably going to, you know, work out a deal there. Um, but if they want, they can go with Amazon's servers if they want to help their direct gaming competition. Um, but I would say them, if as far as like if they want to keep compete with like Game Pass and make a service, like if they if think about it, if their first party games are in it, they would immediately compete with Game Pass with like PS Now if if that's what PS Now was. You know, yeah. the newest God of War and Horizon are in their day one, or the newest Spider-Man, Miles Morales, day one. Then that that thing's gonna hit, but I don't know if they're ever gonna do that or anytime soon. But I think that's the only thing that's gonna compete because I think Amazon's just gonna be like the same thing with Google, unless they have make their own exclusive games. That's what it's gonna have to be. Like Microsoft's got that down. That's why they went and bought Bethesda to help boost Game Pass even more. And you've seen how fast they've grown in the past like year and a half in subscribers. I think, I think what killed Google is definitely when Microsoft just uh, acquired Bethesda and Zenimax. And Google sees as like, nah, we can't, we can't, we cannot compete that. We can't top. Oh, I, I think they, I think they killed them. Um, what was that uh, event they had in Mexico when they said, oh yeah, xCloud just, it's just going to be in Game oh, Pass basically EA. with Ultimate. With, with EA. Uh, that was last year. Yeah. In a second he said that like oh oh no just you just get x cloud because game pass ultimate was already a thing so when we were just waiting to see okay what's the pricing on this x cloud how's it going to compete with what google announced and it's like oh yeah no you just get it for free if you already have ultimate so it's like oh and then i get to play my game and think about it you can use your own xbox as a server so you can play your entire library using their services and soon they were going to let you play your games in xCloud anyway, apparently. So, Or most of their stuff's going to be in xCloud going forward, just day one. Um, think about all the Bethesda games. I'm, since it'll be first party, those will be you know xCloud streamable day one, just going forward. So it's going to be ridiculous. And you don't have to pay any extra money if you already had Ultimate. Who's going <laughs> to... You can't compete with that with, the, with uh, Google, no with way. what Google was offering. No way. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, either way, it's a. Uh, I mean, I I want to say I expected this, but I just didn't expect this so soon. But it's a shame what happened. Uh, I hope those devs uh, find uh, jobs fast. I think Compulsion was uh, <laughs> saying, "Oh yeah, guys, you know, come over here, come apply here." At least to the uh, the um, Google Montreal uh, devs, anyways, or former devs, but. Uh, yeah, I guess Microsoft doesn't have to worry about uh, Google anymore from the looks of things. Uh, but keep t we'll keep tabs on how the Stadia uh, does from here. It looks like they'll just be uh, 
doing third party from now on. Um, okay, guys, I think on that note, though, we will wrap up tonight's episode. And guys, I guess it was a really fun time uh, tonight discussing, you know, all this news that was that made the rounds over the past few weeks. As always, an insanely massive shout out to all the the people in the chat tonight. Man, you guys are always on fire. Jesse Darby, I know you were lighting up a storm in the chat. Fuzzy, very active. Pike on Fusion. Uh, Attack the Seam, thank you for joining us tonight. I hope you uh, listen to the rest of the show. Uh, so many Pang, 911. Thomas P, you were very active. Uh, Kenta Wilson. So many others, Nine Lives, uh, a lot of regulars here. Uh, we really appreciate you guys hanging. Mike, Froggy T. Wright, uh, and so on. Many, many good people here in the chat. Um, but yeah, guys, if you haven't done so already, uh, remember to uh, hit the like button and share this out all across social media. We uh, really appreciate you guys uh, you know, checking us out each Sunday night. Now let's get to, uh, let's start signing out uh, the panel, starting with our guest, D Black Raven. Bud, thanks for joining us uh, for all the fun chatting tonight. Where can everybody follow you at? Yeah, of course. I just want to say a big thank you to Invader for, for inviting me to blast and sitting down for the first time talking to Citurion and Shockley. Again, you guys... You guys are awesome what you guys do on the TXR, and I seriously would love to see you guys continue on that journey. But uh, yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter, Deep Black Raven, on, on Xbox, Deep Black Raven. And the games I've been playing is I'm almost 100% Yakuza 3, the remastered, and I'm also playing Lula Nightmares 2, which is phenomenal. If these guys have. If you guys enjoyed the first game, I would suggest to pick up Little Nightmares 2. But yet again, thank you so much for the uh, for coming in. And yeah, wish, I hope we can do another episode with you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, brother. Well, uh, you know, next time our uh, schedules align, uh, you know, we'll make it happen. Always uh, make something happen there. Uh, yeah, no, thanks for coming on, D Black Raven. Uh, again, great community fella right there. All right, moving on to the TXR crew now. Uh, Eric Shockley, buddy. Uh, again, I really enjoyed your commentary tonight. Uh, where can everybody follow you at, bud? Yeah, as always, you can find me at ShockNero on Twitter, EasyShock on Xbox Live. But yeah, great show tonight. Stop. Thanks for stopping by. Short and sweet. I like it. I like it, Shockley. Uh, Centurion, bud. Good stuff, as always. Where can everybody follow you at? Well, uh, for starters, it was finally nice to miss meet Mr. D Black Raven. Uh, again, it's all you talk to these people on Twitter for so long and you make relationships with them and you never ever really sometimes get to put a voice to the like the name and this is one of those instances where I was able to do that. So, and also thank you everybody for tuning in tonight. For those interested in following me, be sure to follow me at Centurion1307 on both Twitter, YouTube, and Xbox Live. You can also find me kicking it over on the Shop Podcast every Saturday night, and I kick it right here every Sunday night on the TXR Podcast. Hell yeah, guys. Check the Shop Podcast out every saturday evening and you know what guys to round this out this is invader and of course you can find my content over at invader gaming 
on YouTube, and you can also follow my content under the same name, Invader Gaming, at Mines. Great show tonight, everyone, and we cannot wait to see you all here next Sunday. Good night, folks.